HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. We're back, and it's happening for a decidedly uh, more sane and sober show than what you may be used to. Pizza Remba. <laughs> My usual co-host is out in Spain with his popular rock group, The Flesh Tones, entertaining the masses. So it's uh, I'm flying solo today, but I am joined by by an elite squad of geeks, blue ribbon geeks. It's a red letter day, in fact, for nerds. Uh, we're here with my good friend Kevin Mayer of Kevin Geeks Out, world-famous cabaret nightclub act. Hello. And with him is one of his Kevin Geeks Out all-stars, Matt Hurwitz, going to join us today. How you doing? To talk about, I'm, I'm very excited about this, we've geeked out about many, many things, I want to use my Joe Franklin voice, <laughs> many, 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 many things. Uh, we've geeked out about wrestling, we've geeked out about... Uh, Ape movies, we've yeah. geeked out about shark movies, we've geeked out about space operas. I hope we're going to geek out about wrestling this year again. i got to get it back on the books, yeah. Gotta we missed the... it last year, yeah. and uh, I felt bad. I, I, well, <laughs> I always feel bad, but such is the nature of, of being a Jew in the 21st century. Um, but today we're geeking out about rip-off movies. Yay. And yeah. I'm excited about this. We're going to be talking about Star Wars rip-offs and King Kong rip-offs and Jaws rip-offs. And- What's great is at every Kevin Geeks Out show we've ever done, maybe with the exception of wrestling, you always find 
if you're talking about a genre, you'll you'll say here's the biggest hit and here's the biggest rip off mm-hmm. of that hit. So it's it's the sign of success if you have a po- popular, successful, money making movie. Somebody's going to do a copycat film. Although I would argue that in wrestling there are uh, there are wrestlers who kind of steal other people's gimmicks. I would say the missing link was kind of trying to be George the Animal Steel oh, in Hulk- AWA. And Hulk Hogan was superstar Billy Graham without a doubt. Yeah, and um, probably uh, we could start drawing intersecting lines of Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior. But we're not here to talk about wrestling today. We are here to talk uh, to geek out about rip-off movies. Why, yes. why don't you tell us really what is a rip-off movie, being ripped off being the highest form of flattery after all? Um, well, there, there's the idea that a poet, you know, to base it in literature, a poet doesn't just become a poet overnight and find his or her own voice. They have to copy other poets. They have to study and mimic other people before they can find their own creative artistic voice. That's that's a, just a big thing in poetics. Uh, it's a great book, Retromania, that I read, really gets into this uh, about how music is, you know, echoing and standing on the shoulders of previous artists. But with film, it comes down to marketing, and I think that's what I love so much is the intersection of the, the crass capitalism and marketing <laughs> of trying to sell a movie even if it is not necessarily like just before we started, Matt, Matthew and I were talking about that, that there are films that really aren't necessarily always it wasn't intended to be a ripoff. But somebody's like, we could make a lot of money if we position it to look like it's supposed to be like the yeah. movie Alien. Me- Meatballs 2 was definitely planned as a, ri- a ripoff of Meatballs. And then they were like, eh, we can call it Meatballs 2. Let's just do that. More people will see it. <laughs> you mean, I mean, because it has nothing to do with the first right, one? Right, totally unrelated. But yeah, some, different just cast, some, different, some, different crew. Some classic examples I want to point to is um, uh, The Asylum is a company where their bread and butter is big giant shark movies, CGI shark movies. They sell to sci-fi as sci-fi original films. And then the, the other part of their business is very much taking they find out what movies are coming out in the next year they're going to be the big tentpole blockbuster movies so snakes on a plane is coming out they release snakes on a train yeah and those ones are kind of <laughs> sneaky because they're actually just trying to trick you into thinking you're getting the movie you wanted but with a minor misspelling somebody's grandmother somebody's grandmother can easily uh, make that mistake I, at the I, store i saw that on the video that you posted like like to convince someone to buy transmorphers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and does that work and people actually get confuse it <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know who's buying it. I don't know who's in on the joke when they're renting it. I think people are pretty media savvy these days. But I think the the hard part becomes if you if you see an asylum movie that it begins and ends with the title and the poster art and the font. Sometimes it's extremely close. There's a ripoff of uh, Terminator movies, which is just called The Terminators, because yeah. apparently the word Terminator isn't even trademarked. But but if enough time passes, it's like okay, if you're gonna do a Terminator scene, you're gonna do the nightclub scene, you're gonna do, uh, you know, there are certain like key moments. Lady you Terminator recreate. is one of the great uh, Terminator Lady Terminator is that fantastic. gets all the beats from the original, and ironically, not actually a robot. But that's a whole other story. She's possessed by a, a demon of some kind. Is that yeah, right? it's like a Filipino movie or yeah. something. While we're talking about, I want to talk about some of my favorite ripoff movies, which are porn parodies. A reminder <laughs> Absolutely. of rule number 34. We're going to be talking about this during the show, rule number 34. Uh, if it exists, there is a porn version of it, <laughs> without exception. Oh, right, and right. Uh, just so you know, the Terminator would be the Sperminator. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, but we're going to get to a long list of uh, great porn ripoff star horrors, of course. And, uh, yeah, because there's... <laughs> So, so you've got like the the B commercial ripoffs. Um, there's there's also a whole bunch of people now who do these kind of like Pixar and DreamWorks ripoffs. Like I sent Mike a link to Little Panda Fighter. Right, the Kung Fu Panda uh, there's, a, there's one with a giant balloon and an old man in a balloon. It's called What's Up. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's a lot of those. Another one is. Um, 
uh, international cinema, I'm, I'm sure we're going to end up talking about the Italian films, but there are some great Bollywood films where it's it's what I like about it is they customize it to their local markets so that you get a meaningful version of A Nightmare on Elm Street for the Bollywood community, for that, you know, for local cultures. Why do they change or, or, or retell the stories in a different way? In uh, Three Dev Adam is a Turkish movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's Captain America, uh, a bootleg Captain America teams up with San- Santo, the wrestler. It always comes <laughs> back to wrestling, Mike, unavoidable. Uh, w- but what's interesting is... Spider-Man's in the movie, so they're like, oh, so it's like the Avengers. These three guys team up. No, it is Santo and Captain America fighting Spider-Man, who is the villain, who is a sadistic crime boss. <laughs> the the so Turkish uh, knockoffs are so good. Have you ever seen Turkish Star Wars? I have seen some Because of it. they literally rip footage from Star Wars and John Williams' music from Star Wars and Indiana Jones, because they clearly thought no American was ever going to see Turkish Star Wars. We can just swipe the Right, because in footage. 1985, mm-hmm. that you know, pre-internet, you could, you could get away with a lot but more people. One imagines the, uh, the arm of George Lucas is very long and <laughs> yeah. he Cast yeah. a long shadow. Let's uh, let's talk about some of my favorite um, categories. These ripoff movies and someone. Uh, we have a couple of, uh, trailers queued up. We can listen to. Um, I think we should listen to the movie uh, Ape. Okay. Okay. A great King Kong ripoff. This was a, a South Korean American co-production that uh, they found out that Dino De Laurentiis was remaking King Kong, so they rushed into production to make Ape A P E with little asterisks in the middle. Because I guess then it's borrowing from Robert Altman's MASH. <laughs> right. And um, it's we have 70 years past the original King Kong. I almost forgot about the De Laurentiis production of, yeah. of it, um, which I guess I should probably go back and so watch. This, but I love all these ape movies, the ones that you know, I was looking when I was looking at ape ripoffs. There always seems to be a scene where an ape is holding a woman holding in her hand. A, holding a blonde woman. <laughs> <laughs> you got that queued up there, Dave, for ape? Um, and this is uh, a Korean production? See, ten tons of yep. animal fury leap from the screen. It tells you that the trailer tells you see it tells you what you're going to see <laughs> so a giant ape rampaging a city and they say ape is 36 feet tall how long was how long was jaws because it says right there in the trailer that the ape fights a shark so they work in a little jaws ripoff 30 feet and 3 tons on him and a python uh, well, I'd like to point out for our radio listeners also that there are French subtitles in this trailer. That's the thing. They're international movies. Well, I love when we get to the, um, the, the sharks rip off. There's actually a guy who speaks with a kind of a Scottish brogue. who's supposed to be the shark character. Somebody somehow became a Scottish brogue. It's, it's, uh, it's Vic. Well, we'll get to that. 36-foot monster. That doesn't sound like a lot. <laughs> The other thing I love yeah, about it's not until you wake up and see one, you know, walking out the door with your girlfriend in his hand. The, the other thing I love about the ape trailer is that text on screen says, "Not to be confused with King Kong." <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it is to be confused, but I guess legally they had to say that they had to put it on the poster. And the other thing I love, it's in 3D, so I love that the ripoff movies. One of the things they do, it's like, okay, we can't just rip this thing off. We have to somehow outdo the original. Let's do King Kong in 3D. So it was a, a 3D production of. So which uh, which ripoff movies do we think are actually better than the original? Where have we got to the point, like I said, when it stops being a ripoff and begins to be its own genre? Earlier we were talking about Nazi zombie movies, and you say, like, oh well, 
Dead Snow? Is that, is that the Yeah, I feel like Dead is Snow it? is standing on the shoulders of, of um, shockwaves. Of shockwaves but is every Nazi zombie movie a shockwaves <laughs> we're gonna off. We're going to have to – I'll come back around Halloween <laughs> and we'll do a whole – episode about Nazi zombies. I think that's a hard one because it's, it's rooted in history more than anything else. <laughs> if you ask it George, is a work of fiction. I mean, uh, is every movie uh, that, you know, about... Uh, um it takes place in a cabin in the woods, you know, a ripoff of those early 80s oh, slash Evil Dead, movies. yeah. Well, if you ask George A. Romero, every zombie movie is just a ripoff of Night of the Living Dead. Well, every Night of the Living Dead movie is just a ripoff of the one that came before it. I think, you know, that's a ripoff. Here's a ripoff movie. It was the last six Star Trek projects. Star Trek, Star Wars. Well, not to mention the Star Trek projects. I think Star Trek actually holds up a which, better. Which but is, those Star Wars movies, I, I, I find them terrible. It's like, gee, just remade Star Wars. But it's it's also coming from a place where George Lucas couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon, which is why he made, you know, like, uh, there, there are some, Spielberg has probably been ripped off. And as far as American blockbuster movies go, Spielberg has probably had some of the most ripoffs of okay. his original work. But Star Wars... Raiders of the Lost Ark. So many of these things are throwbacks to his own childhood of the mm-hmm. the serials he would watch. So so he was kind of doing this sort of postmodern pastiche of of recreating something that they weren't entirely wholly original works. So it's really it's really tricky to say that if somebody's ripping off Star Wars, Star Wars is a ripoff of serials, Flash yeah. Gordon, yeah, and Indiana Jones, similarly, 30s but, and 40s serials. But well, they I mean, didn't have that Kurosawa the, picture. I mean, but, but I guess, that's okay. What if, I mean, some of these things are, well, geez, I mean, it's all Shane. It's all, you know, here are the, the, the homesteaders and, and they, the evil railroaders and the just violence is justified. We've got to chase them off. I mean, it's... You could argue that all cinema is rip-off cinema if you go back far enough. 6,000 years, I'm talking you. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I, would, I would really say that this is about where art meets marketing. And um, that it's how stuff is being marketing, how it's being sold, how it's being presented to the public as a as a very particular type of commodity. Um, that things are aggressively being positioned. And there's a sense in some cases where, like, the supply, other people are supplying the demand because the filmmakers who made Gremlins, let's say, mm. weren't jumping on the, you know, to make Gremlins two right away. So in its void, you had critters and ghoulies and. Uh, Maybe not hobgoblins, but a few other, you know, of the same. Yeah, I just like to go back to rule number thirty-four for a second. And Steven Spielberg, uh, and yeah, porn parodies, uh, shaving Ryan's privates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all. That's all. Okay, I got. yeah, we, that's I got, inevitable. I got it's we're inevitable. Play, oh, we, we, we're going to play the game. We got a lot of things here. I mean, I mean, I, we can play the game now if you want. Tell me which of these are not porn movies. Okay, okay, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that is a real film. Iron Man. <laughs> they should be, though. No. Toy, Toy Story. <laughs> Non-porn. Non-porn. No, these are all real movies. Free Willy. <laughs> Non-porn. It's actually both. It's a trick question. <laughs> okay. Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> I do love love uh, porns. Of course, my favorite porn title today is uh, Jurassic Pork. We were talking about that. There are a lot of Jurassic dinosaur ripoff movies. There's actually been well. kind of a golden age of porn ripoffs recently because in the old <laughs> days they kind of would pun on the title, but now you just see like that's not Three's Company, and right. That's not Back to the Future. That, Triple that's X coming out of Larry Flint's uh, production thing. He's a guy there, and that's his whole thing. All right, let's move on to sharks. One of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Dave, the engineer, you got a sharks trailer? Can we uh, let that roll too? Because this is great. I love that the shark takes down the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and now listen to the voiceover guy. It's uh, it's Percy Rodriguez who did the Jaws trailer is a quiet, peaceful oh, yeah. summer resort. But Port Harbor has been invaded by the ultimate predator. 
the great white shark. shark all over the world. I've never seen anything like it in my whole life. And that is Vic Morrow doing his quint. Because Vic Morrow had a whole second career in Italy doing these knockoff movies. Shark, right? Has to be. The hell it is! There are bodies out there. More to come if we don't end this thing. Coming right at us! Great White. The most terrifying motion picture of 1982. <laughs> Great White. Rated PG. So the story goes that uh, Great White was intended to to be this big. They spent a lot of money as far as one of these Italian ripoffs go. We were talking beforehand about how complicated it is when you when you take on a Jaws ripoff. Yeah, pre CG, you got to build a big puppet and get it in the water. So you face all the challenges that Spielberg faced for directors who might not be yeah, as on a fraction inventive of the budget yeah. or, or have the budget. <laughs> uh, so we, they spent a lot of money on this thing. They wanted to have their big um, um, international release, and then Universal Studios sued them after a week of playing in the U.S. They said, "Nope, not allowed. Pull it." If you talk to people our age from other countries, they're like, oh, yeah, I know The Last Shark or Great White or whatever it was released as in their <laughs> country. And that um, other people know it as a big blockbuster movie that just never played in America. Well, you mentioned uh, Dino De Laurentiis earlier. Didn't he do the first big mainstream Jaws ripoff with Orca in like 77, I want to say? Yeah, that, at, at the time you looked at that's right because okay, we had a saw shark, now we got a whale. Well, the right. first one theatrically, the first ripoff was a year later in '76. There was a film called Grizzly. Yes, and Grizzly <laughs> beat for beat his jaws. They went into production without a finished script. They knew we've got our character types. There's the there's the forest ranger. There's the bear. There's the uh, guy who won't close the park. <laughs> well, there's the Quint figure who's a Vietnam vet, and then there's the bear expert. But what's remarkable is the original title of the film was not Grizzly. Mike, can you guess? Pause. <laughs> and Universal is like, there is no way you are calling this film Pause. So they made Grizzly. Universal was very litigious. Weren't they going to try to stop Corman from making Piranha? Yeah, but Spielberg got the joke that it was a parody of mm -hmm. Jaws, so he allowed it. Just one last thing about Grizzly. So Grizzly could not be called Pause, but somebody made a ripoff of Grizzly called Claws. <laughs> wow. C-L-A-W-S, not Claws like Santa I Claus. love Kevin Geeks out so much. Just to remind everybody who's <laughs> listening, uh, we can see you live coming up uh, right here in the county of Kings, Brooklyn. Where yeah, gonna we're going to be doing two shows in Brooklyn at the Alamo Draft House on uh, February 1st. And before that, we're going to be at Nighthawk Cinema on Thursday, the 26th. Go to KevinGeeksOut.com to get all the details. And we just posted the trailers. Thank you for putting the trailer online. It's, it's fantastic. Your trailers are always great. There's like this crazy E.T. ripoff e. and all this stuff. I wanted to also uh, mention um, just uh, my line of speciality and also sort of I have some good news. It's sort of an unofficial announcement. Let's but um, we're, I'm going to be um, publishing. Uh, I'll make an official announcement soon. But next year, there will be a new updated and revised version of my book, Dirty, 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 Fantastic. which is about the history of sex on the uh, newsstand about um, Hugh Hefner and my friend Al Goldstein and a few others. Uh, but um, I bring this up. The relevancy here is Myron Fass, one of my favorite magazine publishers of all time, Erie Publications, but he was also uh, the king of the knockoff. So when the UFO thing came big and Close Encounters was a big movie, he did official UFO, UFO Confidential, uh, America, uh, Ancient Astronauts. Um, close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, Fourth Kind, and Sixth Kind. These were all different magazines. Mm -hmm. His idea was, if it sells, do another one. If it doesn't, just move on. And over the course of... Um 
you know, his career, I mean, there were literally thousands and thousands of titles. Um, he did, for uh, Jaws, he had uh, Jaws of Horror, and then he did Jaws of Blood. Those were two magazines that yep. he had for a while. And he did a heavy metal heavy metal magazine, one of the great comic sure. books, called Gasm mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> and he did a lot of porn magazines, too. My favorite being uh, Flick, which when you look at it, it looks like fuck. Oh, <laughs> it was some genius, some genius uh, typeset. And he also did tons of like rock and roll knockoffs of like Cream and Circus and Rolling Stone. They all look vaguely the same. He had a magazine called um, Punk Rock, which was a knockoff of Punk. Yeah. And the great thing was, the same people that put up Punk Rock, the same month, they were working on Acid Rock, the hippie <laughs> magazine, and they all look really authentic. I mean, the Acid Rock is Jerry Garcia, and everything is lysergic and dripping, and the Punk magazine looks like a ransom letter. And, you know, it's done by the same people. And it was just, you know, and if it sells, keep doing it. If it doesn't, let's just move on to the next goddamn thing. I feel like it's a lost art form. Is there anything you can think of that today is the equivalent of glossy cover and then, like, newsprint on the inside? Those kinds of Down magazines. Down and dirty. Well, I mean, these, you know, these, what are these movies? I mean, they're, I mean, some of these movies take a budget. I mean, look, yeah. making a movie costs money. Oh, Even if it's a bad a movie, yeah. it takes a month and 45 people. And, mm-hmm. you know, movies are expensive to make. And yet but, but someone as as... felt the need, you know, to, to make all these King Kong apes movies. And Lord knows how many shark movies. Well, the Star, Star, Wars. Star Wars ripoffs could be pretty extravagant. I mean, you had, what, Star Crash, which is, uh, has, like, stop-motion animation and forced perspective. And I, I only saw Star Crash for the first time this year, and I really enjoyed it. And it's I a like, lot of fun. I like that it is so different from Star Wars. It borrows visually, you know, there's a big light-up, light-green lightsaber. And um, De Laurentiis, again, the Flash Gordon official movie was not a, a cheap under, undertaking. It's very yeah. extravagant. Flash Gordon's fantastic. And we have the uh, trailer, I think we have queued up also for Flash Gordon. We should play. That oh, is. Flesh Gordon. Flesh, Great. Flesh Gordon. Flesh Gordon. This is this from is, 1974. We are in big trouble. You've heard about it. You've read about it. Now, finally, you can see it. It no, will be a dangerous way. trip, and I don't know what we're likely to encounter out there. But someone has got to save the Earth from the treacherous clutches of that evil ray. Sure. Why not? We'll give it a try. <laughs> Blast off with Flesh Gordon and his cosmic crusade against all evil. Mike, was this like the first the mainstream porn parody? Of that most That's a very good question. I, I can't think of it any, anything else. Gordon. That would have been like an X-rated movie. It is rated X when it came out. I mean, it seems tame now. It's not a porn movie way. We think of porn movies now yeah. with a lot of uh, gynecological close-ups. It's really, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a parody. It's, it's, it's a guess. From the incredible sex ray. It's so strange in here. Incredible sex ray. I should almost look alive. Flesh Gordon, the preposterous. Be swept away to the dazzling heights of astonishment as you enter worlds unknown. I'm Prince Precious. Do I get to come right at some point? <laughs> what is it? A blower! It's opening! Join Flesh Gordon as the crafty emperor. I'm watching Dave the Engineer in the booth. It's like, this is the moment we stream. He's becoming a man right now. <laughs> He's wondering how he didn't even know about this. Outrageous parody of yesteryear's superhero. It's the eighth one of the world. And that's the interesting thing. It's yesteryear. It's like there's. It's been 
Not to be oh. confused with the original Flash Gordon. <laughs> not to be confused. And then a little xylophone at the end. It is interesting that it was not like finger on the pulse. Flash Gordon is so hot right now in 1974, we need to bring it back. It was it was a nostalgia porn parody. <laughs> you could say that Star Wars was, in fact, a ripoff of Flash Gordon. You, and Star Wars was like a cowboy movie. Also, I mean, basically, Star Wars was all these things. It was like I said, it was Hidden Fortress. But it's it's shame. You know, it's, you know, it's the evil bad guys versus the... I, the Innocent homesteaders, and we let, we want to see him overthrown. I mean, they have a great heel. That's what Star Wars benefits from, of course. Yeah, um, there's a great heel, like any great movie like that, like um, like uh, Jack Palance and Shane. I mean, you need a great yeah. heel. But I, <laughs> you know, what what I love, the gun. <laughs> what I love about this is I love uh, Jack Palance and the and the Tim Burton Batman movie. Makes oh, speaking great. of ripoffs, I mean, there must be so many Batman ripoffs, superhero ripoffs. But I don't, I don't, I think Tim Burton. The, um, I mean, what he does, I mean, about ripoff movies. He, I mean, Larceny and Tim Burton at this point should be synonymous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were talking about Planet of the Apes before. I mean, does anybody even remember his? I version don't want to talk about okay. it. Okay, or Will, uh, Willy Wanker and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory. Going back to rule number thirty-four, I did want to throw out a few more of my favorite porn parodies. Well, um, to, the, the Da Vinci Load, but. To go back to uh, <laughs> what's fascinating about Flash Gordon, I, I'd never thought about this before with Flash, is that it was an adult movie made for people who grew up with Flash Gordon as a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the slowest slow burn of a porn parody <laughs> that it's not like... Because the problem is it's... Uh, you have no emotional attachment to. If you go see, let's. I'll. I'll give you one. If you go see Sperms of Endearment, is that a real <laughs> one or is that a Simpsons one? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know they did it on The Simpsons because uh, James L. Brooks worked on both. But um, if you see a movie that just came out a year ago, you have no emotional attachment with it, as opposed to if you grew up, you know, these people who talk about, oh, Ghostbusters, the new remake is ruining my childhood. Are there people who, like, <laughs> I grew up with Flash Gordon, it was on TV in the 50s, or I saw the serial in, in the 40s. Um, they grow up and then can see this adult movie that they wouldn't have seen at the time, that they have a stronger emotional connection. Because I feel like so many of the, the things we would call knockoffs today are these marketing schemes of having an emotional connection to properties that existed 30 years ago. And that, like, oh, you'll go see Transformers and you'll bring your kids to see it. You'll go see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and bring your kids. Yeah. Like this cross-generational, um, the, the phrase I've heard is the legacy-sequel, you know, kind of the reboot-sequel. I hadn't heard that term until you mentioned it today, and I wish I'd never heard it, because <laughs> soft reboot is a bad enough oh, phrase to describe. Yeah. I just feel like we're living in, living in a time when, like, when don't I go to the movies and walk out saying, gee, that was a rip-off? Mm-hmm. I just feel really bad. Everything that's been rebooted and copied, and there's just no fucking original ideas. Here's, here's a good story. Uh, another smart porn stuff for you in the science fiction realm. Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Taking Up the Ass. Uh, honey, I Fucked the Kids. Uh, das Booty, I love that. AI, Artificial Insemination. Uh, um, 2001, A Face Odyssey. I don't even get that. I could have I done better. One of my favorites, Logan's Come. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actual sound effect used in the film. Uh, wow, so much talk about so many rip-off movies. We haven't even talked about Animal House. It's the I mean, we're running out of time. It is, as always, the fastest 30 minutes on the internet today. Before we go, let's talk about Animal House and frat ripoffs. Well, if you talk about, like, sex comedies as a bunch of horny guys trying to get laid, that's pretty generic. That's a story as old as man trying to get laid. Yes, but specifically for uh, Animal House, I always think of King Frat, which came out, like, a year (laughs) later. It has that Mad Magazine-style art on the poster with a bunch of guys in the house. If anybody can get access to Google and type in King Frat, 
you'll see that they actually traced the Rick Meyerowitz artwork of the poster oh, uh, to show the, the composition of all the guys in front of the Brad House. Um, but what's interesting is the, the actual film involves a farting contest, so the name King Frat is actually a very clever <laughs> anagram for King Fart. So it's a smarter movie than you might give it credit for. I love it. I love it. Tell us again one more time where we can come see Kevin Geeks out. Kevin Geeks and where out. And when are you going to go national, buddy? I mean, this is, a, this is a thing. You've been doing it for a long time. I feel like you've been working here locally, it's I time. mean, talk about talk about ripoffs. I'm showing all. I'm showing clips from movies that uh, the show would get shut down. I'm charging money to see <laughs> clips of movies from 20 different studios. So I can't. I can only take it so far. Yeah, but just wait, if wait, you're wait. in the when, Brooklyn when, when area, Istanbul comes a calling. Yeah, come come to Nighthawk Cinema. We do a show every month at Nighthawk. Uh, this one is going to be. Thursday, January 26th at 9.30. We've got a great lineup uh, where Tenebris Kate's going to join us. Jamie Rigetti is a horror writer. She's going to talk about um, uh, horror ripoffs. Uh, Scott Roseanne is making his... No, Scott Roseanne's doing James Bond ripoffs at the Alamo Show. The Alamo Show is Thursday. That's... Or, no, jeez. This is why it's so hard to do two shows a month. It's um, Wednesday... February 1st, Scott Roseanne is going to talk about um, James Bond ripoffs, the one that was oh. made with James Bond's brother. Oh, double 007, was it? I think that's <laughs> Operation <it>. Kid Brother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bill Scurry is going to be there talking about uh, uh, Tarantino ripoffs. Tenebris Kate is going to show us the Turkish Spider-Man, which is absolutely, you, you have to see it. And I would argue that sometimes seeing the cut down, the five-minute cut down of these movies is more fun. And uh, Matt Glasson is going to join us. He's been at a bunch of Kevin Geeks out. He's always awesome. He's showing 20 2019, the fall after the fall, which is simultaneously a mashup of a Mad Max ripoff and an Escape from New York That's ripoff. A great it one, is that. not to be missed. There's so much to talk about. We're gonna have to come back and talk about this some more. Yeah, because, go to well, Ke- we have it. I mean, with the James Bond stuff. I mean, I was about to talk about Matt Helm and why did yeah. they just get Dean Barton to play James oh Bond to call it a day? Because right? how good would that have been? So you can check out uh, the trailer at KevinGeeksOut.com and our friend Matthew Hurwitz, uh, one of my favorite writers on film, VideoFugue.com. We'll once we wrap, we'll talk all about Batman. Ripoffs and the Batman porn is getting like a 2K restoration. They found and discovered <laughs> a nice looking print of the Batman porno from the 70s. Batman so that's and getting, Robin? I don't even know the name of it. I think it's just like the Batman porn. <laughs> it's just like a Repo Man generic black text on a white label, the Batman porn. Well, we didn't even get to talk about when Harry ate Sally, the Texas Dildo <laughs> Massacre, and um, a great uh, King Kong, King Dong uh, ripoff, Mighty Joe Schlong. <laughs> And this one's on my list, Gilligan's Asshole. I, 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 love, I love it. I love it. Like, you know, sometimes I think the least thinking that goes into this, the funnier it is. <laughs> you know, you don't overthink these things too much. Anyway, it has been the fastest half hour. On the it really changes the meaning. I'm are really, they going to Are they gonna get <laughs> off the island? <laughs> and when the Harlem Globetrotters um, show up, oh Forget boy. it. Battlestar Orgasmica. That's Missionary <laughs> Impossible. Gonad the Barbarian. It doesn't stop. Harry Potter. Presumably, it's uh, it's it's like the the Bronx Globetrotters <laughs> show up in the in the porn parody. All right, we're gonna leave you with a little bit of a disco from the era, uh, but not from Saturday Night Beaver. Um, this is actually the uh, Close Encounters uh, theme uh, disco style. It's Arts and Sisters of Seizures. I'm Mike Edison for Dave in the booth and everybody at the Heritage Radio Network, and of course our sponsors, Heritage Food and Roberta's. Uh, we'll see you next week coming live out of Bushwick.
listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.